Hello and welcome back to my life with Christ. So last week we focused on the parable of the speck in the log and in that parable we kind of came to understand that as Christians we aren't called to live a life full of judgment or hatred. We're really called to live a life full of love um, for all people and to show God's love to others. This next parable I want to focus on is the parable of the Good Samaritan and this can be found in Luke 10 25 through 37. And I am going to read all of it because it's not one of the longer ones. But even though I am, I definitely recommend that you read it on your own time. Fully open up yourself to the Holy Spirit so you can fully feel him working through you. So just like any other parable, Jesus begins this one by, you know, talking with a crowd, talking to people, talking to Jews. And someone comes up to him and says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replies with, Well, what is written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live, i.e. have eternal life. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, and this is where he kind of goes into that parable. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. So we can kind of assume this man is a Jew if he's from Jerusalem. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw him, he passed by the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. I want to pause. What we have to understand about these two characters is that these people had very, very high religious importance at the time. And not only were they seen as these kind of Jewish figureheads, they would have been seen as compassionate people, especially to fellow Jews. So for Jesus to say that a priest or a Levite didn't show compassion, that kind of would have raised some question marks in people's heads. So going on, he says, But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Pause again. Who is a Samaritan? If you're hearing this for the first time, you might not really pick up on that significance of but a Samaritan, really that shift in just the fact that it says, but a Samaritan. What we have to understand, without giving like a history lesson of the Jewish people and the Jewish nation, is that the Samaritans and the Jews could not stand each other. They did not want to be in association with each other. They were not seen together. They did not congregate together. And they definitely, more than likely, would not show compassion on one another. So this is really significant for the Jews at the time to hear these words of Jesus of, but a group of people that the Jews do not get along with stopped and helped a Jew. So going on, he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So there Jesus ends the parable, and then he says, 
Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law, so one of the religious leaders, said in reply, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. There's a lot to unpack there, right? There's many history lessons in there. There's characters of importance. But I really want to get to the main point of what Jesus is trying to say. Now, we can't confuse this because when we hear these first two characters of the priest and the Levite, and we see that they ignore him, and then Jesus asks, well, then who was the neighbor? And then they answer, well, the Samaritan was. That's not to say the priest or the Levite couldn't have been the neighbor. It's not to say that people of your own group or likeness are not your neighbor. But he makes a very clear distinction of the one who had mercy on him. Or in other words, had compassion, showed him love. And that's really important to note. Because a lot of times we like to think that when Christianity, we talk about loving our neighbor as ourselves and showing kindness to our neighbor. We'd like to think of the people around us, right? Our family members, our friends, people we go to school or school with, people we work with. And that is so important. That is so utterly important. We should show kindness to them. If anything, it's like the hardest for me to show the kindness to people I'm closest to because I feel comfortable with them and it's kind of easy to be a little mean. And yes, I sh- everyone should be trying their hardest to show love to your literal physical neighbors, people who occupy space next to you. But what Jesus is trying to explain here by giving us an example of a neighbor of a group of people that the Jews could not stand, did not want to be associated with, is that this idea of neighbor extends so far beyond our comprehension My neighbor is not just my brother. It is not just my friend. It is not just my literal neighbor. It is literally everyone, whether or not I like them or not. And that's really challenging for a lot of people. And it's challenging for myself too. It doesn't matter how different you are from them. Doesn't matter if you agree with them. Doesn't matter if you literally like them or not they are your neighbor and Jesus is calling you to have mercy and compassion and love them and that's what we as Christians really have to understand and what does this look like now this in practical means this looks like a lot of things you know kind of starting at a small scale you know maybe there's a person you don't particularly like and I'm really speaking to myself here you know maybe there's a person kind of gets on your nerves, you're friendly with them, but mm, sometimes they irk you a lot. That person's your neighbor. And not only are you called to just tolerate them, you're called to love that person. And that's, that's really challenging. And that can be even more challenging than some of the other scenarios that I'm going to pose in a minute is, okay, well, this person has something that really bugs me about their personality, or they have this weird thing they do that really annoys me it doesn't matter they're your neighbor I understand that people are annoying I understand that people get on other people's nerves but that doesn't mean that we aren't called to love them so what does that mean in terms of this person okay well for this person because they're my neighbor and I'm called to love them 
you know, I'm not going to get ticked off with them. I'm not going to be short fused with them. Maybe I can have a boundary with them. I'm not going to be their bestest friend, but I'm still going to be kind to them. going to use kind words with them. I'm going to pray for them, but I don't have to be their best friend. And that's an important boundary to have. But understanding this underlying understanding of, but they are my neighbor and I'm called to love them. And I will do everything in my power and in my boundaries to love that person the way that Jesus has called me to. Now, kind of look, looking at, let's do kind of the biggest scale. And then one less scale that kind of gets overlooked a lot. A bigger scale is the entire world. And that's, I think that Christians do a pretty good job with this. Um, especially the really adamant Christians, right? And this is where we see mission trips and and things like that where people really understand this notion of well everybody's my neighbor and if my neighbor is in need I'm gonna go help them and so out of that is born this idea of missions and I pray that everyone who goes on mission trips are doing it with that notion in mind and not to get self-praise or anything like that because unfortunately we see that sometimes but really understanding that being a neighbor is not just confined by country as well. My neighbor is in France. My neighbor is in Afghanistan. My neighbor is in Egypt. It's in Russia. You fill in the blank. So really understanding that I am called to love those even outside of my border. And that can get really difficult for other people to understand too. And that goes into that whole conversation of, also seeing the humanity in other people as well and understanding that people outside of my nation are worthy of God's love as well. And that's something that we as Christians should talk more about and should really take into consideration more. But I applaud people who go on mission trips and fully help their neighbors who are in the most need of help. The third one I want to talk about that's not even, I wouldn't say like, super worldly, like not other nation, but within our own nation, so in America, is this idea of loving your neighbor who is completely different from you. What do I mean by that? Well, the one who's not Christian or doesn't have Christian ideologies, for a lot of Christians, this one's difficult too, because, well, you know, they just, they don't get it. A lot of Christians say, a lot of Christians, I've said this in the past too, you know, they just don't get it. They'd be so much happier with Jesus. And, you know, they live a life full of sin. This is judgment, by the way, going back to the, the past podcast. And, you know, we, we point our fingers and we say, oh, well, if only they'd convert. If only they would get their head out of their behind. They would just wake up and they would see, you know. And, you know, we start to point our fingers at certain groups with certain differing ideologies and certain forms of religions or even just a secular society. And we kind of pose ourselves as, as better than them. You know, well, we have Christ in our lives, so we're better off. And I'm going to point my finger at you and I'm going to judge you. And that's it. Because, you know, you're not sick, you're not dying. So why do I need to be compassionate for you? And this is really, really difficult for a lot of people to understand, but they are your neighbor too. And this is the biggest one. People of a secular society and other religions and those with varying opinions from you, those are your neighbors and they need to be loved. And I'm not saying, 
oh, well, we need to love them, so we need to shove Jesus in their face. I'm saying that we need to love them regardless, regardless if they ever convert or not, regardless of if they ever utter the name of Jesus. God calls us to love others, period. To show others mercy and compassion, period. That's it. And a lot of times what Christians don't understand is that that love that God has given us and that he wants to show us is how we're showing other people God. Is how most people come to the church is out of love, not out of shoving God in people's faces, but shoving, but showing, not shoving, excuse me, but showing people what God truly is, love. And the only way to do that is by loving our neighbors, regardless of who they are. Really having to understand this, all of us as Christians, that my neighbor is such a large term. My neighbor has no limits, whether that be the people around me, the people outside my country, or literally people that have nothing in common with me. That's what we have to understand. And that is a huge part of our Christian mission. That is a huge part of spreading the gospel is showing people love, compassion, and mercy. And through those things, that is how we are truly showing people God. Love one another. That is what God wants us to do. So go out, love one another, and spread the gospel truth. Have a great week.